This week, we talk about how consciousness can be used to access universal knowledge via what is called the Akashic Records. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Swerve Podcast. I'm your co-host, Izzo. I'm also joined by Magnum. Welcome, welcome, everyone. If you're a first-time listener and you're wondering what you stumbled across, we're the Swerve Podcast, and we are two random dudes on a mission to understand everything in the universe, one obscure topic at a time. So our premise here is very simple. Every week, we pick a listener-requested topic, we research it, and then discuss it on the fly during the podcast. Usually, these topics are topics that we've heard nothing about. We don't know anything about them. And they kind of swerve off the mainstream path, hence the name of the podcast. So this week, we're going to be talking about the Akashic Records. But maybe before we get into that, um, Izzo, I think you have some words to say. I do. We have a Patreon. Patreon is very simple. There's two tiers. There's a $1 tier. It's called the Ride the Wave tier. And what that'll give you, it'll give you shoutouts on the podcast, but it'll also give you exclusive access to those monthly Patreon episodes. So you pay $1 and you get the entire library of bonus episodes that we've done. Uh, for the $3 tier, it's the Slap the Ass tier. You'll get those bonus episodes. You'll get the shoutouts on the podcast. But the other thing that you will get is you will get early access to all of our episodes that we do. So the main ones that we dr- drop for the public, you'll get them on Sundays rather than the midweek drop time. And even for these Patreon exclusive ones, you'll get them on Sunday as well. It's at patreon.com slash the Swerve podcast. So please support us if you can. Um, we do have a second component to this podcast that is tradition on the Swerve podcast. Izzo, do you also want to enlighten us? On this component? So typically, we like to drink. We like to experiment with new drinks. uh, Try some of the recommendations that you guys give us for cocktails or beers or even wines that we haven't tried yet. And we'll try to get to them. But also just drinking while you're recording uh, makes it a little fun. Allows you to let loose and say (laughs) some shit that you might not have said before. (laughs) uh, Especially if you're doing like two episodes back to back or... uh, patreon episode on those ones we like to get a little extra drunk because it's usually the (laughs) second recording that we do but yeah we start off with like a round table so this week we'll start with magnum magnum what do you have so this week so i'm going to start off the podcast with i have a pink lemonade rosé smirnoff it's a flavored vodka beverage um it's very similar to the pink whitney um that we usually have on the podcast but it's uh, i got this one because it came with a little airplane bottle so i bought it instead because the pink whitney didn't have the airplane bottle and i have this one so i'm going to start with that but then i also have a mike's hard peach fuzz on deck so nothing too crazy um but here we go that's marketing at its finest have a little free thing that you get and uh, people go crazy. We have free stickers. <laughs> yes. And uh, if you stick around to the end, you'll find out how you can get stickers. Fuck yeah. That's great. Um, I had, a, I had, um, sometimes I just take the airplane bottle off the alcohol that I don't want yeah. and I put it on the one that I want and I just go purchase it and it's fine. 
uh, fun fact. Sometimes we uh, shed some wisdom here on the fucking Swerve podcast. There you go. Most of the time. I mean, it's a learning podcast. You learn with us. I haven't heard about the Akashic Records. I'm pretty sure the listeners haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, okay, maybe before we get into the basics, I just want to uh, shout out. Um, this was a Patreon recommended topic. This was recommended by David Cheesem. Literally the best guy in the world. Fuck yeah. Straight up. And I just want to say, this is one of those topics again, no fucking clue. I, I thought the Akashic Records was like a library. I guess it technically kind of is, but we'll get into it. I, I thought it was a record com- label, like Death Row Records or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just some like yeah. Bollywood Death Row Records. Yeah, shit. just some like, some like underground fucking like, I don't know, like Punjabi hardcore. Music. Yeah, Punjabi <laughs> shit. It's like, yeah, I want to look at that. They've probably got some good shit. Um, anyways, let's 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 hop into the basics here. So, the Akashic Records—they are a compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms, not just humans. So pretty, pretty (laughs) bold statement to put that another way, the Akashic records, uh, they're, they're, they're essentially a storage database of all information and knowledge that's ever existed or ever will exist from any entity ever in the universe for all time. And that's the podcast. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the Akashic Records, they're alleged to exist as a form of energy field. And this energy field is distributed everywhere and can be assessed by individuals by tuning their consciousness correctly. So an easy analogy to this topic is it's very similar to how Wi-Fi is distributed broadly and can be used to access databases of information. So think of, you know, you have a data, like Wikipedia, like all that information is stored on a database. You can access that anywhere in the world if you can access the Wi-Fi. The Akashic Records are a similar thing. You have these this knowledge distributed everywhere, um, but you have to be able to access it through your consciousness somehow. I think like that's the general idea of the Akashic Records. Um, this topic tied into a lot of previous topics that we did. So for instance, we did an episode on past life regression and reincarnation, an episode on Project Gateway, how the CIA attempted to use astral projection to assess various dimensions. And we had an earlier topic on remote viewing, where again, like the CIA, CIA literally used psychic spies to gain information about locations. And it's, it's a, they're all very similar in the sense that it's like you're accessing some some kind of field or some kind of, I don't know, like medium. And then you're using that medium to like gain information. So you know what I mean? Like they're, it, it's a very, they're all very similar kind of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like how we hear people discovering shit. It's just like, Oh, I just thought of it or it came to me in a dream or it came to me in the shower. It's just like you get these spurts of knowledge from what seems like random places or just like, you know, when you're really trying 
to access your brain's power, that's when this information comes to you randomly. So it's from the Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. So the <laughs> the term Akashic Records, this was first coined in 1883 in a book called Esoteric Buddhism by a guy named Alfred Percy Sinet. Uh, so he he alleged the realm of Akasha or Acacia could be accessed by um, enlightened individuals. So some allege that reference to the Akashic records can be dated back thousands of years earlier than 1883, and that there's reference to this um, phenomenon in Hindi or Hindu scripts scriptures. So that's that's another thing. It's like it's not just I don't know. It could be like a uh, an idea that's thousands of years old that was discovered, I guess, is the idea. And we'll talk more about that as we go. The other thing that was interesting, so the Akashic Records are highly associated with what's called Theosophy and Anthroposophy. And there's actually there's a bunch of prominent figures in the conceptualization and propagation of the idea of the Akashic Records. So there's just some names that people might who are interested in this topic might recognize or people that are interested and want to do further readings. There's this lady, her name's Helena Lavatsky. She was part of the Theosophy uh, stuff. And we'll bring her up a little bit later. She's pretty prominent in this. This guy named Edgar Casey. Well, I have him, a section on him later. Uh, Rudolf Steiner and this guy named Dr. Irvin Laszlo. He's uh I guess he's like a physicist that's that that is popular in the Akashic Record conversation. Um, but there's there's a bunch of others, but these were the ones that stuck out to me when I was doing the research. Now, basically, so the these theosophists, they believe that the Akashic records are encoded in a non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane. So if you if you look through this, there's there's a ton of anecdotal accounts of humans accessing the Akashic records allegedly, but but really like there's there's literally no scientific evidence. Like it's just when I when I was looking through this, um, I'm gonna say I found zero scientific evidence, and that's normally something I search for in our topics. Um, that listeners would know. I I always try put some kind of foundation. I, I didn't really find that with this one. And it's possible I just didn't look hard enough. Maybe there is some stuff out there, but but that's that's kind of what it is. Um, so that that's one thing to note right off the bat when we're getting into this. This is a more abstract kind of idea. Uh, it relies on a lot of anecdotal stuff, but it's still fucking cool as shit. And I have a quote from Tesla I want to read in regards to quote unquote scientific evidence before moving on this is from the words of a co- of fucking nikola tesla himself he said quote the day science begins to study non-physical phenomena it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence end quote so just cuz just cuz there's no uh studies tesla says it's fine so it's fine right but how are you know. supposed to focus your studies on non-physical phenomena? How, you Nicola? Have to, you, how? Have, you can't study them with the scientific method. You have to use your consciousness. Oh. It's different. 
Oh. Yeah, you see? Now you get it. That's now you get, you get it. To the, so you need to access the Akashic Records. Yeah. Yeah, and you just do it. And then you if you did it, it happened. And if you didn't do it, it didn't happen. That's how it works. Infiltrate the dealers, find the suppliers. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. That I mean, it'd be it'd be fun. I mean, we could talk more about that. No, like um, infiltrate the dealers, the people that know about Akashic Records, find the supplier, which is the the energy yeah. that it's talking about. It you're you're not wrong. Twenty one Jump wrong. Street, you're you're onto something. <laughs> so I want to say, uh, I first want to coming out of the basics here. I want to talk about how people say that they access the Akashic Records, and then. I have a bunch of theories. This was probably the most interesting part to me was Dr. Irvin Laszlo talking about the Akashic records and how they could work and trying to ground it in like uh, concepts in physics. But then there's, there's like so many fucking, um, I don't even know, like societies, like the, 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 the theosophical society and like occult beliefs that, center around this and i want to talk about that because that was um i don't know like a notable movement that pushed this idea forward and there's like a bunch of people in history that are alleged to have accessed the akashic records like as far as way as far back as ancient egypt there's some crazy shit and i want to go through these people because um i don't know the idea of akashic records explains um, you know, some of their abilities, you know, so I thought that was really cool. But talking about first, just to get this started, it's people accessing the Akashic records, there's there's different methods to it. But really, really, what it comes down to, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like meditation, basically, if I were to put it in a nutshell with with maybe a little bit of differences. But what it seemed to me was what people do that say that they access the Akashic records for various reasons. Like people are accessing them for, I don't know, like if they have like life problems or they need to make a decision and they don't really know what to do. These are usually when people say that they access the records. And usually what it seems like it begins with is some kind of grounding or centering exercise so the idea is to align with your best ideals and intentions. And this will prohibit you from approaching the Akashic records with too much emphasis on ego or with unintended wicked intentions. So the idea is um, if you don't do this, if you come with other intentions like, I don't know, more nefarious ideas or more egocentric ideas, the higher guides or energy information of the Akashic records will not be aligned with you. So, no. No records for you. That's what happens. But if you you do come in the right state of mind, you can access this shit. So basically, like some kind of uh, meditational cleansing of the mind, um, after you've done that, uh, there's some kind of, like you have to have some kind of mechanism to remove baggage from your mind. So like what I found some people do is like they'll visualize a river 
like taking away like negative thoughts and shit. So then it's like you're cleansing that part of the mind. And then what you're supposed to do is visualize a library, like a literal library in your mind. So like you've, you've centered yourself, you cleansed your mind, and you're like, okay, picture a library. Picture the library. You enter the library with your higher guide. So you go in there, and then you set an intention to receive the record you want to explore, uh, whatever you want. It could be past life, kind of tying into like our past life regression and uh, reincarnation episode. Could be healing. So it's very similar to like a Google search. You enter the library, and you, you search for the term or whatever you want. Yeah. You can't use the I'm feeling lucky button on this one. You have to know yeah. what you want. <laughs> I wonder if you can. <laughs> I'm feeling the lucky. Higher guide, what do you want to learn? I'm feeling lucky. Come on. Roll the dice. Like, <laughs> some fucking demon entity comes in and like rapes you. <laughs> You're traumatized for the rest of your life. That's what happens. It's a risk. There's I'm risk with anything. Lucky. <laughs> Blue waffle. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> well, you have to. I'm your higher guide. You do what I say. Slaps you. That's yeah, okay. Anyways. So you let the guide facilitate uh whether or not you're so that's the thing, you're not automatically given access to whatever you want. So like if the higher guide is like, oh, you're not ready. You don't get it. But what you're supposed to do is, is you set the intention, do your fucking Google search, and then you wait and pay attention. And you, 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 it's not always going to come in words to you. It could be an image. It could be, I don't know. It could be an emotion. It could be anything like that. So you, you just pay attention to whatever your intention was and what you receive. Um, now, that's basically it to access the Akashic records. That's what you do. I'm assuming you can get better at it over time uh, or, you know, there's probably a practice to it. But one of the things I was reading was it says like a lot of doubt and fear will be a barrier. So if you just doubt it, you're like, nah, this isn't real. It's not going to happen. Or if you're fearful of, for whatever reason, it won't happen. Um, but basically, if you do open the Akashic Records, you have access to a place where all truths are known. Of past, present, and future. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, that's that's kind of how you would get into it. I mean, it makes sense to me. It's very, it's just like meditation. It kind of sounds like with some flavor. And it's why we think monks are so wise. No, all they do is sit there and meditate. It's like, how do they know shit? Huh? Oh, huh? that's right. How do they know shit? It's well, that makes sense then, because you can just get whatever information you want. That was like the other thing I was thinking. I was like, where the fuck was? Where were the Akashic records on like every fucking test I've taken my entire life? <laughs> well, the like, fear was a there? barrier. The fear of yeah. failure was your barrier. Or the guides just dicks. And they're like, no. 
you can't have you can't have the answer, but you can have here's some fucking universal truth. Like, I don't give a fuck. I need the answer, you bitch. I won't teach you <laughs> physics, but here's a dick joke. It's like, oh, now I have to re- <laughs> tell this dick dick joke to other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like and then you're, you're all of a sudden you're laughing in the middle of an exam, and the teacher's like, Magnum, why are you fucking laughing? they beat you with a ruler and it's like the higher guide and that's their lesson and it's like okay i guess that's I mean, my not lesson all, not all records will come in words <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know like maybe there is some merit to this maybe there's not i i don't know i'm not here to uh i'm here to investigate the theory now I do want to say, this is a good segue. So there is some people out there. One of the guy, the guy I focused on was Doctor Irvin Laszlo, but there are there are other people who um, would you say are academically educated and they have beliefs that are partial to the idea of the Akashic records. So I'm, I want to focus on this guy, and he has some interesting theories about this. But I do want to say. Like, I'm not saying everything Dr. Irvin Laszlo is saying is true. I think he's just trying to explain how the Akashic records might work, like based on um, physics-based concepts. But in any case, it, it is interesting seeing what he has to say about some of this stuff. So just to say a little bit about Dr. Irvin Laszlo before getting into his theories, he's the member of a bunch of shit. So he's the member of a bunch of scientific bodies. This is, uh, includes the International Academy of Science, the World Academy of Arts and Science, the International Academy of Philosophy and Science, and the International Medici, Medici Academy. Of science. Of science. <laughs> yeah, of science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's an elected member of the Hungarian Academy of Science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even making this shit up. He's <laughs> the Hungarian Academy of Science in 2010. Um, <laughs> that's fucking funny. It's like it's like just every <laughs> international science like body. They're just like I just put of science at the end, and it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so he also has a bunch of awards uh he was the recipient of the peace prize of japan the go award uh in 2001 uh he also had the international madir of peace prize of assisi in 2005 <laughs> i don't know it's a weird spelling man assisi <laughs> you're the greatest sissy of all time yeah <laughs> What is this guy doing on his spare time? I don't know. He's not just accessing the Akashic Records, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and he also had uh, the Luxembourg World Peace Prize in 2017. Another interesting thing, he actually was a nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004. Of science. No. <laughs> the Nobel Peace Prize of science. Um <laughs> 
No, but he, my point, all, everything I'm saying here is just to point out, um, he's a respected member of the National Academy of Science. <laughs> like, he's yet, uh, of the scientific community of science. He's very respected. <laughs> um, anyways, basically, he is an advocate for the concept of co- quantum consciousness. And this is this was actually recommended as a topic once, but we never pursued it because we kind of covered it in a bunch of different topics, but it's coming up again. So quantum consciousness proposes that classical mechanics cannot explain consciousness. Uh Basically, so quantum consciousness, it posits that a quantum mechanical phenomena such as entanglement and superposition may play an important role in the brain's function and could explain consciousness. So essentially, quantum consciousness, the way I understand it, it's just saying concepts in quantum mechanics, can we apply them to explain consciousness? It's like superposition, that's a concept in quantum mechanics. Entanglement, that's a concept in quantum mechanics. Can we use these concepts to explain consciousness? That's the idea, in a nutshell, of quantum consciousness. Now, basically, so tying this into the Akashic Records, uh, this guy, Irvin Laszlo, he proposes a theory for the Akashic Records based on quantum consciousness and the quantum vacuum state or quantum zero-point energy. So the quantum vacuum state is actually really important. This is a really cool concept in um, physics. And sometimes it's the, the quantum vacuum state is also called the quantum zero-point energy. I see them being used the same way. Um, although I guess they could be slightly different. But the point is, quant- the quantum vacuum state, this is a real concept in modern quantum field theory, and essentially, this, this doctor guy, um, he explains in his 2004 book, Science and the Akashic Field, an Integral Theory of Everything, he's, he's using this theory to explain the Akashic Records. And basically, he's positing that there's a field of information, and this field of information is the substance of the entire cosmos. So I, ha- I have some more shit to say about this, because it's still a little bit vague. Um, but there's some other things to say before getting into it. So using the Sanskrit and Vedic term Akasha, uh, which is claimed to be the, remember, this is, he's claiming this is the fundamental substance that everything proceeds from or develops from. This is like, the Akasha is like the shit. This is what it is. He calls this information field the Akashic field. So he's he's like, I don't know, he's tying in, like I was saying in the basics, there's people that are like, this is based on like ancient uh, Hindu scriptures and stuff. He's kind of tying it to that. That's where this is coming from. And he's trying to bring quantum field theory to this. So he alleges that the Akashic field that was described in these ancient Hindu texts, um, that, that it relates to quantum field theory. And the, the main thing that I found based on my research, and it, I, you know, I didn't read any of his books or anything like that, but I, I went into, uh, I listened to some of his lectures and some stuff that I found written about his ideas. And he posits that the quantum vacuum is the fundamental energy and information carrying field that informs not just the current universe, but all universes past and future. So 
I wanted to just say a little bit about the quantum vacuum. Like, again, we're not fucking physicists on this podcast. So, um, you know, we might, we might get some jargon wrong, but the, the, the idea of a quantum vacuum, the way I like to think about it, um, if, if just visualize completely empty space, like picture, like if you look out at the stars, just like pick like a region of space that's like a meter by a meter by a meter, like a cube of space. And like, there's nothing in it. You think there's nothing in it, right? You're like, it's completely empty space. It's just, there's no star in it. There's no like particles. There's no helium. There's no, you know, like there's no, there's nothing in it. It's just a region of space out in the universe. Um, you would think that there's just nothing in it, right? It's just, it's just Correct, space. Yeah. But the thing is with the quantum vacuum theory, it's not empty space. Like there's nothing there. Like we're, we're literally saying there's no electrons. There's no positron like, or uh, protons and neutrons. There's no atoms. There's no molecules. It's just empty space. But according to the, the quantum vacuum idea, it's not truly empty. There's these fleeting electromagnetic waves and particles that pop into and out of the quantum field. So there's like these virtual particles that like literally like come into existence and out of existence. So it's like we think of it as nothing, but it's really not. There's these quantum events occurring in completely empty space. It's crazy. And there's this theory, like the quantum vacuum thing, like there's, um, you know, Stephen Hawking talks about like how black holes can evaporate. Um, this has to tie into that because like the virtual particles like emerge and you get like a negative version and like a positive version, the negative one like gets sucked into the black hole. So it like, it annihilates matter and it like shrinks it and shit. It's like, there's a whole thing to this. Like this isn't just like some, the quantum Mm -hmm. vacuum state is a very studied phenomenon and it has crazy shit. Like this is how black holes like can disappear. Uh, This is how like, it's not empty space. There's shit going on. So that's an idea that I, I want to emphasize because when Dr. Irvin Laszlo talks about the Akashic field, he's really trying to make the quantum vacuum because we know it's there and it, we, it, it permeates the entire universe. So he's trying to say like, okay, we know that this quantum vacuum with these extreme crazy properties that you would have never expected exists. Um, maybe that ties into what this Akashic field or the idea of an Akashic field is. So, I mean, to, to kind of bring that back to the Akashic field, it's kind of, the idea is kind of like, so we're human beings and we're intelligent life forms, but like, we're also made up of the rules of quantum physics. Like we're not excluded from that. Like we, we, that's, we, the same rules of physics, they apply to us as well. So we're a part of this quantum field and he's, Dr. Irvin Laszlo is basically alleging that because like we're embedded in this field, we can actually access it if we can just tune ourselves or whatever in a certain way. So, so the idea is like basically all human brains and minds or, or even other world, worldly minds in the universe. So like other entities, if they exist, you can tune into this quantum field and access the information. Right. Like honestly, like, you know, I'm not, 
I mean, a physicist, they, they probably have a ton of different objections to what was just said. But this is this is from a high level, based on my research, what it came down to, like the brass tacks of it. You know, does that kind of make sense where that, what he's saying? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he, he thinks, um, I don't know, he, he would have a better explanation of somehow he believes in that vacuum state, the quantum vacuum state, that there's information that's in, encoded in that. And that would be like where this Akashic record is. Like that is the database. How that happens, I don't know, but that's, that's what he's saying. Um, one other thing related to the quantum stuff was I saw a lot of people in videos and shit talking about quantum entanglement and they were like, Oh, this is involved to send information anywhere instantaneously. Um, I actually didn't like that because I think that's a bad use of this theory, but I'm going to save that for final thoughts on why I think that that's kind of like, uh, it's kind of a, it's just like a cop out. It's like you have like these spiritual people, that I don't know, like they have like crystals and shit. I, I don't, nothing against having like crystals and shit all over the place, but it's like, they'll just say, they're like, it's quantum entanglement. And it's like, they don't, it's, it's not, you know what, you know what I mean? It's just, they yeah. just say it because it's, it's like a buzzword. Yeah. So I found a, there was a lot of that. Um, the, uh, the quantum vacuum reminds me of our very first episode, Stone Tape Theory, where. Oh shit. Yeah. In it, I was saying how uh, my explanation for stone tape theory was just like particles of energy that get released, and then whatever was contained in there, be it a recording, a visual recording, or an auditory recording, it gets released. And then if you're around to witness it, you get that information. Yeah. So I guess it kind yeah. of works the same way, except this would be a conscious effort to access it rather than just right. random. Yeah, no, that's a good callback to episode number one. Fuck yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you could say the same shit. It's like, it could just be, yeah, it could, yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be. Like, you could, it definitely could. I don't know. So just to, just to sum up what, I, what I'm saying, I'm just saying based on this theory that, this, that Dr. Irvin Laszlo has, um, it is alleged that people receiving visions of the future or having profound insights, or accessing divine, uh, accessing divine knowledge, or whatever you, you know, there's people through time that say these things that they're actually just receiving this through the akashic field, which is related to this this quantum vacuum state, or or quantum zero point energy. That's the idea. Before we continue the episode, if you're enjoying our consciousness expanding podcast, the people you hang out with probably will too. Do us a solid and please pass on this episode to your social media friends on Facebook, Twitter, or other platforms. We would definitely appreciate your support. I'd also like to take this time to shout out some of our valued listeners. Huge shout out to Rodimus for joining our slap that ass tier on Patreon. Your support is fucking sick. Welcome to our emerging community of swerving intellects. To everyone else, please feel free to reach out and submit your topic or drink recommendations. May good karma and vibes be with you all. Back to the show.
Okay, so the other thing with the Akashic Records, there's I found a lot of um, early occultist beliefs tied to the Akashic Records. Specifically, like I said in the basics, there's this Theosophical Society, which is a fucking tongue twister to say, Jesus Christ. But basically... Theosophical Society of Science? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these, these motherfuckers. Um, so basically... Theosophy. Just wait, I think... <laughs> what if they're thinking, like, the harder it is to pronounce it, the smarter we look? Because we know it? <laughs> That's why they make it so hard. Yeah, I don't... I've, I wouldn't put it past these guys. These, these guys are pretty... Uh, they're pretty occult. Um, they, so, the, basically, so, Theosophy, uh, it's a Western occultist belief system. And Theosophy... Theosophy teaches that there is an ancient and secretive brotherhood of spiritual adepts known as the masters. So you can kind of see how this already is ties to, because we are talking about there's like higher guides. Um, there's like a spiritual meditation component. It's already kind of tying to it. But basically in this, in this occultist belief structure, these masters are alleged um to have cultivated great wisdom and supernatural powers. And the theosophists, they believe that it was they who initiated the modern theosophical movement through disseminating their teachings to um, that lady that I mentioned in the basics, Helena Blavatsky. So through Blavatsky, she's accessing the master's you know, or the Akashic records or whatever, and then disseminating this message to other people. And that's how the, this occult movement began um, early on. So the follower, like they believe that these masters are attempting to revive knowledge of an ancient religion once found around the world and which will again come to eclipse the existing world religions. So... Having said that, basically, like, so eight, this is like early, or sorry, late 1800s, this is all occurring. So you have this lady, Helena Blavatsky, she co-founded the Theosophical Society. And she's the one disseminating this information. So she says acacia, uh, again, this ancient Hindu term, was introduced to the language of theosophy, um, or sorry, I'm reading my notes fucking wrong. Basically, so she characterized Acacia as a life force. She also referred to um, indestructible tablets of the astral light, recording both past and future of human thought and action. So you can see like how she kind of ties into the the idea of Akashic records with what she's saying about shit. So the notion of an Akashic record was further disseminated by. Um, that guy mentioned him in the basics, Alfred Percy Sinet. He wrote Esoteric Buddhism in 1883. So this guy, he basically says that Buddha taught two things that are eternal, Akasha or Akasha and Nirvana. So everything has come out of Akasha in obedience to the law of motion inherent in it and passes away. No thing ever comes out of nothing. So he's basically like he's saying there was a permanency of records in the Akasha and the potential capacity of man to read that record um, when when you get to the stage of true individual enlightenment. 
So again, so you have Helena Blavatsky. She's kind of starting it in 1875 kind of shit. 1883, Alfred Percy Sinnett, he brings out this book. He's kind of saying the same shit. This other guy, 1899, um, C.W. Leadbeater, he writes this book called Clairvoyance in 1899, and he identified the Akashic Records by name as something uh, clairvoyant could read. So again, it, he's he's bringing this idea or popular, popularizing this idea. He also, um, in 1913, wrote a book. It was called Man, Whence, How, and Whither, and it claims to record the history of Atlantis and other civilizations, as well as a future society of Earth in the 28th century. So I kind of thought that was cool because we did an episode on Atlantis, uh, the Rycott structure. And I was like, fuck, people are still debating about it today. Yeah, what a weird title for a book. Man, whence, how, and whither. I think it's just like, yeah, I think it's just like, I don't know, like. What, why, and how? (laughs) Yeah. It's like supposed to be provocative, but it's not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. Like, it's like one of those things. It's like, look how profound this is. And it's like, that's just, that just sounds dumb. I mean, it's not going to read your book. There's so they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay. So there was another guy. I brought this guy up in the basics as well. His name was Rudolf Steiner. He was an Austrian theosophist. And kind of like 1904, 1908, this is the time we're talking about. He like founds a different, a like different occultist belief system called Anthroposophy, but he was a Theosophist, and then he makes this other thing. And Anthroposophy postulates the existence of an objective, intellectually comprehensible spiritual world accessible to human experience. So this is this is I mean this is the Akashic record idea essentially right this is like astral projection idea type shit like use your consciousness to access some other thing um this spiritual realm or whatever whatever term you want to give it it's kind of the same shit so people who were following anthroposophy they they aimed to engage in spiritual discovery through a mode of thought independent of sensory experience. So again, it's it's so similar to like the idea of astral projection topics we've talked about before. But so Rudolf Steiner, he used the Akashic records, um, the, the concept of it mainly in a series of articles in his journal Lucifer Gnosis. And this was from 1904 to 1908. And the other thing that was crazy that I just wanted to throw this in there. So he wrote about the Akashic Records, but he also wrote about Atlantis and Lemuria. Crazy. It's all coming together. You know, we covered Atlantis in the Rycott structure episode, and we talked a little bit about Lemuria in a, a Gar- that Agartha episode we did. So it's like, it's all tied together. It's crazy. It's like a web. It's like the universe. It's just a big web. <laughs> Of shit. Yeah. Hmm. So this other, um, this is again moving out of this occultist movement in the, the the early years. This is 1927. Alice A. Bailey, 
She wrote in her book, Light of the Soul, on the Yoga Sutras of Pentangela, Book 3, Union Achieved in Its Results. She says the following, and this ties it into the Akashic Record. She says the following. She says, quote, The Akashic Record is like an immense photographic film registering all the desires and earth experiences of our planet. Those who perceive it and see pictured thereon, the life experiences of every human being since time began, the reactions to experience of the entire animal planet, animal kingdom, the exaggeration of thought forms of a karmic nature based on desire of every human unit throughout time. Herein lies the great deception of the records. Only a trained occultist can distinguish between actual experience and those astral pictures created by imagination and keen desire, end quote. So, I mean, she believes, she's clearly believes that this is a thing, but perhaps you need to have some kind of um, training or practice to really distinguish what is true knowledge from the Akashic Records versus what is just imagination. Hmm. And these were the, these were notable figures early on. So this is a thing. Um. So having said all that about the Akashic Records and like the early formation of it, I just thought that was cool because it's like, I know people are still talking about it today. And like, you can go on YouTube and find a bunch of people that that's what they do. It's like, they just try access the Akashic Records or they do access the Akashic Records and talk about it. But that's really where it started. It was like an occult movement in theosophy, late 1800s, early 1900s is where it started. And it's still a thing today. And we're talking about it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you have like physicists weighing in on it. And it's like, okay, it's very interesting. It's very interesting too. Like the, it seems like a lot of ideas from the East, they get incorporated into the West and they get like distorted in some way or like, maybe not dis- distorted isn't quite the right word, but they, they get adopted and they get, there's like a different twist or perspective used on them it's like a it's a pretty common thing like i don't know like you just see like the cult leaders who like i don't know they'll, they'll have like buddhist philosophies but it's like then they just like like fuck all the women and like you know what i mean like it's like yeah. that kind of shit or like the yoga teachers that like do pretty much the same thing yeah like every yoga teacher <laughs> essentially <laughs> um Okay, so I have, I have some notable figures that are alleged to have accessed the Akashic Records, and there's, there's some pretty interesting ones here. So the, the first one I want to say is this, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a mystical sage named Narada, and this is reference to an ancient Hindu scripture. Basically, Narada transcended consciousness and accessed essential knowledge from some kind of divine cosmos so narada was believed to have accessed some kind of ether and then retrieved knowledge so people looking at this description in this ancient hindu scripture they believe that narada had access to the akashic records so this is like a very early account of a historical figure i don't know accessing these records i suppose and yeah. then, yeah. 
so it's this other person, um, or I guess really a, an Egyptian deity, or became an Egyptian deity named uh, Toth, um, also known as Hermes Trismegistus, which is fun to say, <laughs> Trismegistus. Um, <laughs> one of those are right, so Toth was an ancient Egyptian deity that was um, revered as a god, but he was initially a philosopher and a founder of the ancient mystery schools. So he, he wrote over 40 books and some of the, the notable names were the Emerald tablet, the book of Toth and the divine Pymandar. Now, basically Toth, allegedly received knowledge doing meditative trances. So Egyptians began crediting him as a communicator with the gods just because he had this like vast knowledge base. And he was also inducted into the Egyptian pantheon. So again, this is a very early account of proponents of the Akashic record idea. They believe Toth had access to this. Hmm. I mean, possibly, I don't know. He wrote 40 books. <laughs> Where do you get all that information? Pick the books. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a bunch of phone pictures. That'd be good. Hieroglyphs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one of the this was an interesting one that I came across. This guy was named Edgar Casey, and I, I did bring him up in the basics, but I don't know. He was like active. I I don't know throughout the early 1900s basically he was an american clairvoyant who claimed to channel from his higher self while asleep in a trance-like state so people called him the sleep prophet and he gave thousands of readings on a, a bunch of different topics so like healing reincarnation dreams the afterlife past lives he gave some nutrition advice too. He's like, <laughs> counter macros. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you needed to get set up on a diet plan, he'd you know consult the fucking higher guides and shit. And other, he talked a lot about Atlantis. Hmm. Everybody's talking about Atlantis. Like, what the fuck? It's like as soon as you start accessing the Akashic records, you're like Atlantis. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Anyways, he also uh, like had you know predicted future events and shit. Um, and he he did claim that some of his information he was ac accessing through the Akashic records. Now, he did say uh, he did have a, a quote um, about the Akashic records. He said, "Quote: The Akashic records or the Book of Life can be equated to the universe's supercomputer system." It is this system that acts as the central storehouse of all information for every individual who has ever lived upon the earth. More than just a reservoir of events, the Akashic records contain every deed, word, feeling, thought, and intent that has ever occurred at any time in the history of the world. Much more than simply a memory storehouse, however, these Akashic records are interactive in that they have a tremendous influence upon our everyday lives, our relationships, our feelings and belief systems, and the potential realities we draw toward us. The Akashic Records contain the entire history of every soul since the dawn of creation. These records connect each one of us to one another. 
very interesting concept. Everything kind of was connected at one point, right? And may, like still kind of is if we yeah. think about like the quantum and the cosmic vacuum waves. states and all this shit. Yeah, it's like it's not outside the realm of possibility to think that everything is connected in some way. So, I don't know. Interesting shit. He was a he was a very prominent figure. Honestly, we could probably do a topic on the guy. Has a lot of crazy shit, crazy information. This next one was, <laughs> I don't know, maybe one of my favorites. Her name is, uh, it's called Vangela. Vangelia. God damn it. Her name is Vangelia. Uh, this this was like 1923, ish. She was a Bulgarian peasant girl who was 12 years old when she was swept up by a tornado while playing in a field. She was found barely alive by her parents, and her eyes were covered in dust and shit from the tornado, so she couldn't open them. Uh, They did, like, a bunch of operations, and they couldn't do anything. She ended up being completely blind. Now, she began to start receiving visions and started making a bunch of accurate predictions of the future, and she became known as Baba Vanga. Probably do a whole topic on her, too. So Baba Vanga, she's alleged to have given thousands of accurate predictions and has been referred to as the Nostradamus of the Balkans. Uh, just to give some examples of some shit she said, um, she she predicted Stalin's death, and she actually went to jail for it because it was so accurate. <laughs> So she's like, I thought that was funny. I was like, I don't know. That's just good shit. That's that sucks for her, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. She also predicted 9-11, the nuclear explosion at Chernobyl, uh, the 2004 tsunami that happened, sinking of the Kursk Russian submarine, and there's there's a bunch of other shit, but I don't know. She had she predicted some shit and it was good. Um, she said that she could see everything in her mind's eye when she looked at a person. She observed the person's entire life, past, present, future. So the way she, it was described was it was like similar to a movie. She would just look at someone and it'd be like their whole fucking life flash before her eyes. But she's like, blind. Right? But she's blind. That's the thing. Flash before her mind's eye. Yes. That's accurate. Um, and the thing was like, there was prominent members of the Eastern Bloc that would actually like travel to her village for readings. So people believed like whatever she was saying, like she did have some accurate shit. So I don't know what's going on, but people allege that because Baba Vanga was blinded, her sense to tune into the Akashic network became enhanced. And this is why she was able to receive otherworldly information. I don't know. Plausible, right? Like they always say your other senses are enhanced. So like, I don't know. Maybe there is some kind of, some truth to that in some way. Now, obviously uh, a notable figure that's alleged to have access to the Akashic Records is Nostradamus. This is like the colloquial prediction future fucking guy. Like this guy, he predicts things. (laughs) 
And that's what people say. They're like, so this he he predicted the Great Fire of London in 1666, the French Revolution, the rise of power of Hitler, a bunch of other shit too. But he did claim to use um, methods of ancient Greek oracles, Christian mysticism, and the Kabbalah. So people allege that he also like had access to the Akashic records. You know, he probably didn't say that, but the fact that he's making all these predictions and using these like ancient methods, they're like, that's what was happening. So, cause he did say like he had the ability to like access a divine state just where everything is happening at once. So it, it kind of does ring or remind me of the Akashic records. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's this other uh, guy, uh, Sujijin. So this this is a man from China. He could tell personal life details with only knowing the name. So people would just say their name and he'd be like, uh, blah, 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 and say some shit. That was an account. People are like, Sujijin, he is accessing the Akashic Records. That's what I have. Hmm. Now, these ones aren't really people, but these are like, very obvious things that people have said so like just this simple idea or of where ideas come from or inspiration so if if you think about it like the greatest works of art music or ideas or inventions like people describe these as coming from nowhere like they just come to them through what whatever is like artists refer to tapping into the muse and they describe flashes of insight you know what I mean? So the idea is, it's like, are these inspirations or ideas, are they being transmitted from a universal field, such as the Akashic Records? Some people allege that that's maybe what's going on. Like maybe our knowledge is being transmitted from the Akashic Records um, to various individuals, and it's like kind of moving society forward. It's an interesting concept because like there's... I don't know, like flashes of insight and stuff like that shit just comes out of nowhere sometimes. Or if you're doing something creative, it's like you don't really know what your end goal is. It just kind of emerges and it's kind of interesting to see how that works out. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like to me, I, that one, um, that's an interesting idea, the tie there. Yeah. For this one, like people can get a personal connection to it. So the others, it was like people that are doing crazy shit. But this one is just like, okay, if you've had an idea or, you know, you, you're trying to tap into some higher, higher energy, even like when you're painting or drawing something, I, I connect with this one as well. It's just like, I feel like I was saying my gut feeling on things when we get to right. final thoughts, I'm always talking about my gut and it's the same sort of thing. It's just like, I have a feeling like I know this already. So my gut is telling me yes or no, or do this. So it's the same thing. Could be the Akashic records. I don't know. Could be. There's some crazy shit that I've like done. And it's just like, how did you yeah. know that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm in agreement there. Cause I've, I don't know. Like there's, yeah, fuck. There's some shit. I'm like, I don't know just comes to you it's like yeah okay um 
I, so the the other thing that's interesting. So this is this is kind of interesting. The idea of simultaneous inventions. So there's this guy named William Ogburn and Dorothy and this girl Dorothy Thomas. They're two Columbia University sociologists, and they outlined um, 148 inventions that were discovered or created simultaneously um, by multiple people in different places through different points of time. So essentially, their thesis was that inventions are inevitable in a sense, like someone's going to come up with the next thing (laughs) always. Like that's just how it always is. So proponents of the Akashic records, they claim that this is evidence of access to the Akashic records because how else could multiple people distributed throughout the world in remote locations have the same ideas? It's almost like society is ready so the fucking guides in or whoever with the Akashic records like allow people to access or receive that info. Mm-hmm. That's the idea with that. So, <clears throat> um, was that Albert Einstein alleged to be one of these people that accessed Akashic records? I did. I did see in some like obscure YouTube videos, like, yeah, yeah, like pretty much anyone who had a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're on the list (laughs) or was a great artist or yeah, pretty much the goats of our world. They access the Akashic records. Yeah. These are just like the more notable ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, were less explainable, like to like intelligence or like Mm -hmm. research or, you know what I mean? Like these are, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that kind of brings me to my the the. I have some final thoughts I can say about a lot of this shit we just talked about, but that's kind of the the gist of the Akashic records. I I did say, um, when we were in the like the the physical the physics concepts section earlier that like people just say quantum entanglement and shit. They're like, Oh, like this is a part of the Akashic records. So you can actually, there's, there's a lot of information on this. And I, I don't think it, it works like that. It's not like, um, it's not like you're sending information. You kind of just like gain information. So like, the, the best way to describe this, um, the, the only reason I'm bringing this up in final thoughts is because I th- saw the word quantum entanglement being thrown around like like a dirty fucking whore or something. Like, just everyone is just like, oh, it's quantum entanglement. And I'm like, ah. I mean, I think Jada Pickett-Smith had some entanglements too. Oh. I'm going to, okay? Yes. And I predict <laughs> something yeah. is going to happen at the Oscars. On the- yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the easiest way for with the quantum entanglement stuff, there's uh, the right, left. There's like a way. Okay. This is how it is. Basically, there's particles where you know something about one of the particles that then you instantly know what the other one is because there's only two states of being. So the easiest way to put explain this would be like, okay, say I had like a right and a left-handed glove. And I take the left-handed glove and I put it in a box. And then I take the right-handed glove and I put it in a different box. And I separate them by like, let's just say like a crazy number, like 5 billion light years. That's how far apart they are. And I'm at 
point A, and I open the I open the first box, and I'm like, oh, this is a left-handed glove. I instantly know that the other box has the right-handed glove. It's not that the information was transmitted. It's just like I can open the box, and I know it's only one of two states. It's either right-handed or left-handed. And if it's left-handed, I know the other one's right-handed. That's the idea of entangled particles. So it's not like... It's not like you're transmitting the information. It's just, you just know the information given the, you know, given the parameters of how that works. (laughs) But what they're trying to say is like, oh, those two items are supposed to be together. Like they're, they share particles. And then when they are separated and you access one, that, that shared particle gives you the information of the other. Yeah, that's, I don't even, like, yeah, I don't even think that they're saying, they know what they're saying at all. Like, it just sounds like they're just saying, like, oh, you can have information sent over a distance, but it's like, it's not really sent over the distance. True, true, yeah. Like, like I was saying, you're not, you're just gain, like, you just gain the information, you just know it. So I found that a little bit disingenuous and kind of like a buzzword. Because that's one of the things that they were saying, they're like, you, you can send this information across the universe. It's like, well, okay, you you broke it down quite simply. Yeah, not with quantum entanglement. Like, maybe there's some other phenomenon that we're not aware of, or I don't fucking know, but that's not the right word to use. And it seemed like that was thrown around a lot. So, you know, because, like, that's the point of the Akashic Record. It's like, access anything anywhere, and it's they're like, entanglement. And it's like, yeah. nah. Hmm. So, that was just one... Uh, I don't know, like one little thing that bothered me a little bit. But anyways, um, like that was like, that kind of was like a broader theme that I found. Cause like, if that, if that's like the one thing that I looked into and it was like wrong, it's like, okay, like how much else is wrong? Cause like people just throw around yeah. the word quantum for everything. And it's like, they're not necessarily physicists using the, I don't know the term in the correct way it's meant. So it's like, fuck, I don't know. Like I only have so much time to look into this. Like I can't verify absolutely everything. So who knows? Like that, that Irvin Slaslow guy who's the, in every of science shit. Like, I don't know how accurate is what he's saying. Like it sounds like the way, when you listen to his lecture, it sounds pretty cool, but you know, I don't have the foundational knowledge to really judge anytime he uses a, 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 a term of jargon from quantum field theory, you know? So I'm, I, that was just one of my thoughts is like, it's cool that he's tying like quantum mechanics and this quantum um, vacuum state to the Akashic records, but fuck, I don't know. I can't really verify any of that. And the community seems to have just bastardized the entire word. So I don't know. That was one thing that came up for me. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, the other thing I had, this was another thought that I had. So like the idea of the simultaneous ideas. Um, I think that one's pretty easily explainable. It's not really like the ideas are being given. I mean, it's possible. Like maybe there are ideas being given from something else. Like who the fuck? I don't fucking know. Like, you know, we're going to be dead in like, a blink of an eye and like, you know, like we really don't know what any of this is, but maybe 
like my idea, the thing that I was thinking is like, I think this is just common to science. Like if any scientists, when they write papers, they get scooped all the time. So like they have an idea um, and then some other lab publishes it before them and they're like, fuck, well now we can't publish our shit because like it's already published. Like there it is. And the reason that this isn't rare in the scientific community, it's because everyone is working on at the bleeding edge of the knowledge. So like all the current literature that's out there about whatever field you're in, everyone's up to date on that. Um, if they're good at their job. <laughs> so if you're all at the bleeding edge, you kind of all see the next step that's currently available because that you're at the edge. So you're, you're, it's, it's like a race to get the correct experiments done so that you can publish that next step. And everyone's at the bleeding edge. So it's like everyone's racing to get the, the current thing done. Now there are exceptions where you have like really, really creative thinkers who have out of the box ideas that other people aren't looking at. But in general, that's why everything's simultaneous is because like everyone's at the bleeding edge already. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not like an Akashic record thing. It's like, yeah, hmm. that's how, that's just how science progresses. It's, it's incremental for the most part. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I don't know what you think. Yeah. I pretty much agree with everything you've just said in your final thoughts. Um, Personally, I don't like the thought of Akashic Records. Um, but I do have the saying in my like own personal life. It's like, if be kind to the energies and the energies will be kind to you type of thing. So it's just so like... you do believe. <laughs> but I don't believe in this Akashic Records. Like To me, this just seems like they're trying to... I don't know. Yeah. I don't believe in this, but I do believe in like, you know, if you get in touch with your higher self, you're able to think about things differently or like cue into things differently. Like body language. If you're talking to someone, you can, if you're able to like really focus on something and you know what you're looking for, you can pick up on cues, even like subconscious cues. And then you like come to a conclusion about it. To me, I right. say, like, be kind to the energies and they'll be kind to you. Is like, if you're putting good shit out, out into the universe, like, good shit's going to happen to you type of thing. But yeah. I don't necessarily believe in this record where it's just, like, a knowledge base that you can access. I believe in it's just, like, a different way of thinking. Okay. Yeah, which leads yeah. to all these other things. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I have, uh, I think I would agree with that. I have a very similar... Um, belief structure. Um, so I I can agree with that. I think the the one thing though there are so there's some crazy shit. This is another addition to the final thought that I had. But there's some crazy shit that people do, and they get literally pretty crazy results. So I wanted to mention it because um, I didn't put it in the main topic anywhere. But for instance, there's this, um, I'm going to give an example. So there's this guy, uh, Napoleon Hill. He wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. It's a very, very popular book. The, the idea of the book was 
he was like the first self-help guy like he was the tony robbins for like the early 1900s like he was the success guy yeah so he went around and interviewed the top entrepreneurs or top whatever figured out what the essence of success was and he wrote this book this fucking guy um he has some crazy shit that he talks about where he um he would meditate on his heroes and he would actively discuss with them um as if they were alive so i think one of his heroes was like abraham lincoln or something so he would like before he went to bed get in this meditative or dreamlike state i don't really know what the fuck it was and he would talk to like literally fucking talk to them and he said that he's like i got a lot of good fucking insight from this and he's like i don't know where it came from it came through those yeah. conversations. It's like, was that just a conversation with myself or was that a conversation with some kind of, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, but he did, he would, he would have like board meetings with like 10 of his heroes and he would just envision that he's like at a meeting with them and be like, what does Benjamin Franklin have to say about this? What yeah. does Lincoln have to say about this? And he Fuck, he got fucking insight from it. It's it's a crazy account. So I think back to that, and I'm just like, well, is that really? Maybe that's what the Akashic record is. Maybe that's maybe there's something to it. Like maybe like, you know what I know? Like we you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So it's like, fuck, I don't know. But that's what I was saying. Like it's just thinking differently. It's just like who else was doing that at the time? No, like he's probably a rare case of somebody that in his thought process, the way he probably works things out is having a conversation with somebody. And if he can't have a conversation with somebody, he's going to use attributes or traits of that person to build it up in his mind and then have a conversation with it. It's just could be. Yeah. That's what I, I think that's what it is. It's just like tapping into thinking differently the way that most people don't think. Or, you know, just just like picking up on cues. It could just be a practical thing. Like I know, um, like writing, like for myself personally, like writing things down, I have an, I don't, an immeasurable better grasp of things by writing it down. doesn't matter what it is. Like it could be, you know, like job related or it could just be personal related. If you write it out, it's, you, you gain knowledge that you otherwise wouldn't have. So what I'm saying is like my process of writing shit out could be similar to his process of like conversing with a fake entity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I don't know, like maybe like, but yeah, the way that I just accessing the Akashic records, the way that I I think, (laughs) so like in my head, it's just like, I overthink things. So I play that same situation out really, really quick in my head. And I string them all together and then I come out with like possibilities and then I just like deduce whichever one's like not the most accurate or like it goes to the one that's like the highest Mm. probability of what it is. So like if I'm an example, like I'm talking to somebody and then after I'm thinking about that conversation and like how they acted, how I acted, so many different outcomes. And then it's like, oh, I think that person's lying to me. Like my gut feeling Mm. tells me that that person's lying to me. And then like you confront the person, it's like, oh, I was right. And it's just like, if I didn't stop and just keep thinking about that, I don't know what triggered it, but like just the thought of like, keep thinking about it, 
how many possibilities, what's the most logical possibility. And it's like, okay, now I have a feeling that I'm correct in this. That's how it works with like me. And even like uh, ideas that I have, I just like think a thousand different scenarios pretty much. Yeah. I try and work it out. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I just had one final thing to say. So, cause we're on the Napoleon Hill thing. Mm-hmm. He had a book that was banned from being published. It was called outwitting the devil. And the reason it was banned is because, so like I was saying, he would talk to his heroes, but in outwitting the devil, what he did, he, uh, quite literally in his mind, I'm not sure if it's, literally true obviously summoned satan himself conversed with satan asking all these different questions and wrote a book called outweighing the devil (laughs) and it was banned from being published what's crazy you can actually get it now um because like i mean this is fucking 2022 yeah um it was published way before 2022 but it wasn't, it was banned for so long and you can get it. And it's fucking nuts. If you read it, it's fucking crazy. It's a great book. It's short too. It's like, I think it's less than 200 pages. And, uh, it's like this guy to me, it's like, it ties into the Akashic records. Cause it's like, you know, you're talking like, I don't know. You're like entering a yeah, state yeah. of mind. And then he's like, you're in his case. He's like, I want to talk to Satan and see what the fuck is going on. And he writes a whole book and it's, it's literally just like, you know how a script is written. It's yeah. like, and that's that's how it's written, the whole thing. It's like, this is what I asked. This is what Satan said. This is what I asked. This is what Satan said. This was my response. This is what Satan said. <laughs> and it's fucking crazy. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those that's things. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah. It is pretty crazy. Hmm. Um, highly recommended. Highly recommended. It's great. But anyways, those are kind of like my thoughts on it. It's like, I think, like, I, I think there's a practical way to justify it. It's like... I don't know. It's like, it's like one of those things like karma, like you were saying, like you put good energy out, you get it back. Um, I don't need to necessarily believe that that's like a mystical phenomenon, although I'm not going to rule it out because I'm open-minded for me. I think it's a practical thing as well. It's like, if I just act good towards people and I continuously do that over decades, it's like good shit's just going to happen to me. Not because it's some universal thing it's just like a practical example would be like if i'm just if i just look like i'm happy towards people and nice to people or like i just look like i'm always trying to help people out someone might see me acting like that and they might later be like oh like i would hire this person because i see them always helping people out so like then when i go to that interview I get the job. It's not because I put good energy out and the universe rewarded yeah. me. It's just like I put good energy out. So like that just caused a chain of cause and effect events that like were, will benefit me. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm always like saying, no, I'm not going to do this or this and that, or like, oh no, I actually, I have to do the blah, 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 making excuses. It's like that doesn't put, that makes the cause and effect chain shittier for me. It doesn't help me if I do that over decades. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, to me, that it's like a practical thing. I think, like we just said, I think that's what the Akashic Records would be to me right now. I don't think I'm, I'm not opposed to the mystical explanation, but for me, I think it's a practical exercise, you know, if, yeah. if you did. Yeah. 
And uh, like the thing that we were talking about, like most of these people to access it, they had to meditate. And when I think of meditation, it's like, okay, monks that meditate, but not just monks, but like other people that are just so hyper-focused that they can get into a state of thinking differently or a state of hyper-focus where like in my case, if I'm able to do a thousand different outcomes in like a minute in my state right now where I'm distracted and like environments all around me is is changing. But if I could just like hyper-focus, what if it was like 10,000 possible scenarios in a minute? It's like, okay, they're going to have 10 times the amount of ideas and outcomes that I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the type of thing. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't excited for this topic, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad we covered it now. <laughs> yeah, I I like this one. This was this was uh, I like these types of weird fucking consciousness field energy shit. Yeah, I don't know why I just like it. Anyways, um, let's roll out. So uh, first and foremost, thank you to Sidestepping the Sun, a Canadian rock band that made the intro and outro music to the podcast. Cheers to those motherfuckers. Also. El Yucateco Hot Sauce, unofficial sponsor of the Swerve Podcast. I just really love the hot sauce. I eat it pretty much every day. I had some today. And I just like spicy food. And I think if you like spicy food, you're going to like El Yucateco Hot Sauce. And I'm just doing a solid. Doing a solid. I'm just passing on the information. It's habanero-based. It's spicy. It's not ketchup basic bullshit. And there's no fucking calories to it. So you can make your food taste great without gaining weight it's i don't know i don't know what else to say about it it's just good shit it's just good shit is oh i don't know <laughs> ellie cateco yeah know. my only cons- my only issue with ellie cateco is the bottle isn't big enough i seem to run <laughs> out without restocking so <laughs> Um, but yeah, I have some words as well so if you made it this far in the episode that means you've probably enjoyed it It also means that the people you hang out with probably will too. So tell your friends and family, coworkers, strangers about a podcast that you listen to and what you learned. Um, If you like this episode, we have bonus episodes on our Patreon. So patreon.com slash the Swerve Podcast. Every month we we release a bonus episode and you can access those episode that those Akashic (laughs) records um, for one dollar. Just one dollar, and you can access those Akashic records. That's the on secret. A monthly you just gotta, you gotta pay one dollar, and you get you get access. Yeah. Uh, so it's the one dollar ride the wave tier. We also have a three dollar slap the ass tier. It'll give you those bonus episodes or bonus records and shout outs on the podcast. Podcast, and you will also get early access to those episodes on Patreon and the main episodes that we release to the public. Oh, so you can get them before they're released in the future. Yeah. So you can access the past and the future. Wow. You can access the past That's and the future. Nuts. No meditation required, just a $3 or a $1. Payment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's yeah. other ways to support us as well. Uh, buymeacoffee.com slash the Swerve Podcast. Just send us, you know, like a tip or something. And uh, all the money that we receive goes back into the podcast to try and improve it. Um, yeah, we appreciate your support. Um, that's what's really important to us. And if you help us grow, interact with us on our social media, you know, tell your friends and family to like our Instagram, 
follow us on Facebook, interact with our tweets. Um, that's how we're going to grow and reach a wider audience as well. So thank you for listening. And yeah, I got yeah. one more thing to say before you say it. We have a sticker pack. Um, did we bring it up in this episode already? And I'm just dumb. No, we didn't. Fucking the sticker pack. We have three weatherproof stickers. Um, we're sending them out for free. All we are asking is that um, uh, listeners leave a five-star written review and then DM us a screenshot of that review, and we'll mail you out these stickers for free. They're fucking dope. You can find them on our, if you're curious what they look like, we feature them on our Instagram and Facebook pages and various posts, so you can check them out there, and we'll just mail them out to you for free. Now, we recognize that not everybody has access to, or not access, but (laughs) they don't have... um, what the fuck am I trying to say here? They don't use Apple Podcast. So you can just make a case for yourself. You could, we've had listeners do this in the past where they've subscribed to our YouTube, liked our Facebook, followed us on Instagram, and liked and commented a bunch of things. And like, hey, I, I did all this stuff. Can I have free stickers? And we say yes. So basically, you can just do whatever and we will send you stickers. They're, they're good shit. So I would take advantage of that if you can. Um, also, topic and drink recommendations, please send them our way. We do our best to um, make the drink recommendations that we do get that are feasible to make. And topic recommendations, like we have an entire list that we add to um, and we do them. Obviously, Patreons get priority in that list, but we do take recommendations. If you have something, please DM it to us. We'll put it on the list. Once it's on the list, Izzo and myself, we vote on it internally, and whichever one's at the top or near the top, we pick it, and that's what we do. So, please, happy to do topic recommendations. Slap the ass and ride the wave. prize of science um (laughs) no but he's my point all everything i'm saying here is just to point out um he's a respected member of the national academy of science (laughs)
<laughs> like he's yet uh, of the scientific community of science. He's very respected. <laughs> 